Remember, culture isn't just about free lunch, beanbag chairs, ping pong tables, free beer. People want to be seen and heard at work. They want to do a great job and they want to be recognized for the work that they do. Hello and welcome to Conscious Business. Today, we're going to dive into a juicy topic, something that comes up all the time with my clients. It tends to cause a lot of complaints, a lot of misunderstandings, and a lot of resentment. It's something that's so simple to really engage your employees, but so many people screw it up. I'm talking about having your regular one-on-one meetings with your employees. And specifically, I'm talking about the one-on-one meetings that are meant to happen regularly between an employee and their manager. Now, it varies across the board. I've seen all kinds of different uh, variations or different cadence on these meetings. Some people do them on a weekly basis. So if you're in a really fast-paced environment or if the uh, employees tend to be on the newer side or on the younger side, then I've seen people have these meetings every single week. The most common, I'd say, typically is bi-weekly, every two weeks. And then sometimes I've seen people do them even on a monthly basis, which can be appropriate if you're working with uh, larger, more senior teams. So I wanted to reference one of my favorite memes that I see going around in regards to this topic, specifically to leadership versus management. It's a text-based image. It goes around LinkedIn every, I don't know, I'd say every couple of weeks I see it pop up and I love it. It makes me smile every single time. Maybe you've seen this one kicking around too. So a CFO asks a CEO, what happens if we invest in developing our people and then they leave us? The CEO responds, what happens if we don't and they stay? Employee engagement is such a hot topic, second only to really attracting and hiring the best talent. Engagement is important because once you've got these great people on your team, you want to keep them actively engaged so that they're doing their best work, right? So according to the latest Gallup research, only 15.15% of people are actually engaged at work, which is always a shocking stat to me. And it's estimated that by 2020, by next year, 50% of the workplace will actually be made up of millennials. And guess what the number one, the top motivator for millennials is? Of all the workplace perks and benefits that you could offer to them, the highest ranking thing, the one thing that they want most is training and development, meaning that the most important, the biggest motivator that really gets them pumped is training and development, investing in who they are, investing in their personal growth. So this is a really, really important topic. Employee motivation is so important. And most managers, you know, they have a big opportunity to really impact their employees, but they miss out on this opportunity by not really taking advantage or optimizing their one-on-one meetings with their team members. 
So today, we're going to talk about that. We're going to deep dive. And we're also going to do something slightly different. We're going to look at this topic from both perspectives. So we're going to look at it from the employee's perspective, but also from the manager's perspective. And the good news is engagement, well, it's not rocket science. It's really simple, actually. And putting your energy into regularly having your one-on-one meetings, well, that is one of the most important things that you can do. So here's a look at what you're going to learn today. First off, I'm going to talk about the common complaints that I hear from employees. In the second segment, I'm going to talk about the common complaints that I hear from the manager's perspective. And in the third segment, I'm going to share three tips that are going to help you to really optimize your one-on-one meetings. So get out of your head, into your heart, and let's dive right in, shall we? Okay, like I said in the intro, I'm going to look at this topic from both perspectives. Welcome to my world. I get to interact with people on both sides of the fence. And I have to say, I think that communication will go a long way here. But we're going to start this segment by looking at the perspective of the employee who wants to have regular status meetings with their manager. So the top complaint that I hear all the time from employees is that their one-on-one meetings don't happen regularly or they just get rescheduled so many times that it doesn't even make sense to have them anymore or they keep getting pushed back until the next regularly scheduled meeting on the calendar or worse yet, perhaps the one that makes me facepalm the most is when a manager swings by their desk and says, oh, you know, do, do you still really need to, to meet? Because uh, I'm really busy. And if you have something that you really need to talk about, then we can meet. But if not, let's just skip it for this week. And you know, this is the beginning of a slippery slope because this is one of the biggest complaints that I hear from employees, that they don't feel cared for. They don't feel appreciated by their manager. And this is where the resentment starts to build. And this is so simple and so logical. And I get it. Your plate is full. You are a very, very busy person. But here's the deal. If you don't have regular meetings with your employees, you're essentially saying to them, hey, you're the least important priority to me right now. Or worse yet, your happiness doesn't matter to me at all. And I've been there. I've had a manager who sat me down and said, I want you to send me a weekly status meeting on what you have going on and we're going to have regular status meetings. And in the year and a half that I worked for him, we didn't have one status meeting, not even one the entire time. And you know, that sends an inconsistent message. It says, you know, I'm, I'm going to listen to you and I think that you're really important, but their actions speak louder than their words. And I got to tell you, this is the worst feeling in the world because it feels like you're not a priority. And I think the ambiguity is really hard, right? I don't know about you, but I really struggle with ambiguity and not knowing where I stand. And when your manager skips meetings with you, they're basically sending a message that they don't care about you, plain and simple, and you don't ever know where you stand. So this is the top complaint, the number one thing that I hear from employees, that their manager doesn't take the meetings seriously. 
Now, before I go on, I should probably clear something up. There's some misconceptions sometimes about the whole purpose of a one-on-one meeting because sometimes people mistakenly believe that the purpose of a meeting is to just give feedback to an employee about what they're doing, good or bad. And sure, years ago, this may have been the case. It may have been acceptable to just sit down and say, this is what you're doing good, this is what you're doing bad, change the bad things, keep doing the good things. Okay, let's go. However, these days, that's just not going to fly. This is not the time to be skipping your regular meetings or to be breezing through them. And the purpose of your one-on-one meetings is to make sure that that connection, that relationship happens and is established. This is where engagement happens. And, you know, I mentioned feedback and yes, feedback is a great thing to bring up, but by no means should it be the only topic. And if you do talk about feedback, then yes, share the negative things, but also take the opportunity to talk about the positive things. What are the great things that have happened? What are the accomplishments? The milestones. It could be launching a new product. It could be having a great attitude, being reliable, showing up for work every day, having, you know, a good influence on their colleagues. One of our core needs in the workplace is to be seen and heard. We need to know that we're doing a good job. One of my favorite, all-time favorite TED Talks is a Dan Pank TED Talk. It's called The Puzzle of Motivation. If you can spare 20 minutes, definitely check it out. He is a career analyst and he shares a top tip for employee engagement. And he's created an acronym, AMP, A-M-P, to represent the three top things that you need to do for your employees to really make sure that they are engaged. And it stands for autonomy, mastery, and purpose. This is what people are really, really deep down inside caring about. So tip number one, stick to a regular schedule with your one-on-ones and make them a non-negotiable, right? This is a great way to build up your emotional bank account for those times when you need to take a withdrawal. Tip number two is to give feedback that is both positive and and negative. All right. So giving you two tips so far. The third tip is to be present and show that you really care. These days with our constantly distracted attention span, actually sitting down with someone, being present with them without your laptop, without your phone, and just really listening to them. That is, you know, A++ leadership these days. (laughs) Just being really present, giving them the gift of your presence and time that speaks volumes. Just last week, I was in a coffee shop and at the table next to me was a guy interviewing a younger guy and he had the resume on the table in between them. And every time he would ask this candidate a question, he would look at him. He would make eye contact. He would ask a question and then he would look down and grab his phone, which was sitting on his lap. And he would just start typing away the entire time this person was answering his questions. And it was just unbelievable. It wasn't like the odd time. It was like every single time he would ask a question and then he would look down and start typing. Unbelievable. But this is so common these days, unfortunately. Tip number four is to remember that the success of your employees 
is partly your responsibility and essentially your success. So what are you doing to drive them, to push them out of their comfort zone, to get them to be constantly learning and growing? Remember that stat earlier? The number one, the top ranked perk that millennials are asking for is training and development. Your job isn't just to let them produce good work. It's your responsibility to also get them to grow, to learn, to spend time outside of their comfort zone. You know, I've always believed that as a leader, your goal is to get your employees to be more successful than you are someday. So you really have to set them up for success. If you're not thinking long term, then you need to be. It's your responsibility as a leader. And lastly, tip number five, people want to be recognized. This is so simple and so huge. They want to be recognized. They simply want to do a great job. Remember, culture isn't just about free lunch, beanbag chairs, ping pong tables. People want to be seen and heard. They want to do a great job and they want to be recognized for the work that they do. So I'm going to pass on a brilliant question that one of my clients uses when they onboard new employees. They ask them right when they first hire them, how do you like to be recognized? So brilliant. How do you like to be recognized? And they leave it as an open-ended question like that so that the person can come up with anything on their mind, right? It could be a public acknowledgement. It could be a small gift, a cup of coffee, anything that they want, but it's up to them. And ideally you use this when you first hire someone, but you can really use it at any point when you're managing someone, right? How do you like to be recognized? So tip, let's recap those tips, right? Tip number one, stick to a regular schedule with your one-on-ones, make them non-negotiable. Tip number two, give feedback, feedback that is negative and positive. Number three, be present. Show them that you really care. Put that phone away and don't just turn it upside down. Like put it away outside of eyes reach. Tip number four, remember that the success of your employees is partly your responsibility. And lastly, tip number five, people want to be recognized. Remember that. So now we're going to get up, we're going to move to the other side of the table, and we are going to step into the perspective of the manager. Now, first off, I'm going to say this is a little bit of tough love, but it needs to be said. Don't expect your manager to do all the heavy lifting. This is, like every other relationship in your life, a two-way street. And even though they hold the authority to hire and to fire you, yes, that is the truth, it isn't an excuse for you to not take ownership in the relationship. So number one, the first consideration for employees is take responsibility in the relationship. All right. The second consideration, your manager, this is also tough love, your manager cannot read your mind. They can't. So if you're unhappy, do something about it. Let them know. Give them a chance to make things right before you just go off and start looking for another job. Trust me. If they don't have any idea how things are for you or 
of what kind of challenges you're running into or what your sheer volume of work is, then it's your responsibility to let them know. If you tell them and then they don't do anything, well, then that's on them. But it's up to you. Trust me. I see this all the time. People think that their boss can read their mind and know exactly what's going on. They have so much stuff on their plate. They don't know what's going on. It's up to you. Now, from experience, I used to love it when my team members would push back on me, when they would challenge me on certain topics. And I always love that philosophy, strong opinions, loosely held. So I'm obviously very opinionated. I would always have my way of seeing things, but I would love nothing more than my team members coming to me and saying, you know what, Julie, I really want to challenge you on that. Let's look at it from this perspective. Or they would bring something forward that I hadn't considered. And I loved that and completely respected them for that. As long as they did it in a respectful way and they backed up their opinions with data or with some sort of logical argument. And I do truly believe that we can say just about anything as long as we do it with respect, with dignity, with a calm tone, or asking permission to give feedback. So we can use curiosity as a lens and this might open up a really good conversation between the two of you. So number two They cannot, I repeat, they cannot read your mind. Number three. Now this one is really sad for me to say, but it's true. A lot of times your manager is shielding a really crappy boss or a really bad situation. So they are essentially running interference in some way. They may be preventing that crap from rolling down the hill to you. So keep this in mind. They're likely not getting any inspiration or any support from above. So keep that in mind before you give them a hard time, cut them some slack. It's important to really name this because I don't know why this happens, but I just, I see this scenario all the time. Have a little bit of empathy for them. They're humans too, just like you are, right? All right, number four, the fourth consideration is in addition to often shielding a really crappy boss, they're likely shielding you from a lot of other information and things that you don't want to know or would be really stressed out by. This could be budget-wise. It could be headcount. It could be politics. It could be, you know, depending on the size of the company, it could be cash flow. It could be just simply hitting payroll that month. I know so many instances over the years where the senior management team has actually personally funded a payroll or two when things got tight at the end of the month. And you know, this is a level of commitment that I wouldn't advise and I don't expect everyone to have, but I have seen that in at least three different scenarios of places where I've worked. And so all I'm trying to say is that sometimes there is just a level of responsibility of things that you don't even really want to know about, trust me. And when it comes to headcount, you may not have any idea how many times your role or one of your peers, their role was in jeopardy and your boss jumped in to shield you or, you know, suggest them that they uh, find different ways of cutting costs, whatever that happens to be. Let me tell you, those meetings of sitting around deciding who gets to stay and who has to go, those are not fun meetings. It's just guilt all around the table. And consideration number five, I want you to give feedback. 
Now, remember, feedback is a two-way street. And I'm not just asking you to give your boss feedback about things that you don't like. I'm asking you to give them feedback and acknowledgements on the things that they are doing well. Remember, they're not the only ones with an emotional bank account. You are too. And acknowledging someone, not just someone who's more junior to you, but someone who is senior than you are, that is a really, really powerful measure of leadership and a great practice for you to get into. All right, segment number three, it's time for some tips. I have three tips for you, one, two, three, and they actually apply to both parties, to the employee and to the manager. First tip, number one, and I talk about this all the time, it's because it's so important, but you have to design an alliance or partnership agreement or working agreement. I don't care what you call it as long as you have one. And ideally, it's important to create this when you first start working together. However, if you don't have one, it's never too late to start one. And although you have a job description for your specific role, that tells you what you're supposed to do. The Designed Alliance tells you how you're going to get the work done. It's the difference between doing and being in the workplace. You see, most of us have no problem focusing on doing work and getting things done. But that's not where all the challenges typically come from in the workplace. We know that the vast majority of conflict that comes in the workplace is due to a lack of soft skills, of relational skills, than it is from actually the work product that you do, right? It's not the doing, it's the being. So you have to focus on your relationship and you have to understand how you're meant to work together. So I've done an entire episode on Designing Alliance. If you want to go back and listen to that, you can. It is episode number 86. Oh my gosh. It's two digits. It was a really long time ago and I didn't listen to it, so it might be really bad that long ago. I don't know. So I'm not going to repeat the entire Designed Alliance process, but if you want, head back to 86. You can listen to it again, but I will remind you of one really significant thing from designing an alliance. And that is to remember that it is a two-way agreement. It's not just the manager listing everything that they want, everything that is convenient for them. It is about negotiating and the two of you talking about what your ideal working arrangement is. What are the expectations? And then you negotiate back and forth and you both make uh, compromises about how you're going to work together going forward. Remember, great leaders embrace servant leadership not command and control, right? When was the last time you heard someone say, oh, my manager is a command and control manager and they just tell me what to do all the time and they never listen to my opinion and I totally love it. Never, because that never happens. No one, I repeat, no one likes to work for this kind of leader. So tip number one, create a designed alliance or if you already have one, gold star for you. Pat yourself on the back. Take a minute to update it. I say every year or maybe twice a year, you should check in on your designed alliance and see if things need to be tweaked or recalibrated. Tip number two, talk about the hard stuff when you need to. Now, I know a lot of people struggle to have 
courageous conversations, but this is absolutely the place to do it. And it could be around performance, around missing deadlines, bad attitudes. This is the time. This is the place. If you have something in your gut that is just kind of bothering you, then you got to lean in and you got to name it. This is the time to talk about the hard stuff. And you can use this time to also celebrate the big accomplishments or the big milestones that you've achieved. Tip number three, be prepared and bring something to talk about in the one-on-one. Now, this could be current topics and challenges. It could be a standing list of topics that maybe you reference when there's nothing burning to talk about. And I want to give a shout out to another one of my clients, to Scott, who truly planted a seed for this entire episode a few weeks ago because in one of our sessions, he brought up a topic that he was looking to create a long list of discussion topics or questions to have in his one-on-one meetings with his team. And I think this was such a brilliant idea. So he created a whole list of things like setting goals and future career path and stretch goals and personal development and personal health, meditation, work-life balance, integration, all kinds of things. And this is a brilliant tip I want to pass on to any of you, specifically if you're people managers. Have a list of topics that you bring to meetings. So if you guys sit down and there aren't any fires, there aren't any challenges, there isn't any strategy or anything to celebrate, then I want you to go to this list of static topics and I want you to pick something juicy from there. Now the cool thing is that this list, this can be recycled, right? So if you have 10 to 15 topics, you can go through that whole list and then by the time you make it through that list, you can go through it again the following year, right? Because it's good to just come back to these things because as we go through, things evolve, people change, people grow. And so what kind of superhero manager are you going to be if you show up with actual directive content for these one-on-ones? It shows that you care, right? You can even bring in things like efficiency or building great habits or talk about what's that one next dream job that they want to have down the road. You can talk personal goals even too, right? Life outside the office. You can talk about sports, travel, family, friends, partners, kids. I had one person's um, regular status meeting. We worked on the speech that she was meant to give at her wedding because she had such a terrifying fear of public speaking that we took the months leading up to her wedding to really practice. Well, first off, we wrote. We wrote the speech, We ha- or she took that time to write her speech. We checked in on it until she had it you know, fairly down pat. And then we took the time to actually go through and practice delivering the speech. So whatever it is that you're going to focus on developing that employee, that is going to help them thrive in their job because they're self-actualizing, right? They're conquering fear and they are becoming a little bit deeply aware of who they are and what they're all about. So let's recap those three tips. One, have a designed alliance. Two, talk about the hard stuff. And three, be prepared and bring something to talk about. And it's time to start wrapping up this episode on one-on-one meetings. 
Was this episode helpful for you? I hope so. And if it was, then I would love you to share this episode with someone who could really benefit from it. It's a great opportunity to just reflect on what you have been doing and decide what you want to do differently going forward, right? Remember, the unspoken truths are seeds of resentment. So if you have something on your mind, speak it. The sooner the better. Ask questions, be curious, lean in, use your radical candor, speak your mind, and do it in a respectful and a productive way. Remember, every conflict has the seeds of resolution already within it, which means if you have a problem with your boss, then the appropriate thing to do is to talk to your boss about it. The thing that isn't going to help is if you go around and talk to every other single person about your boss, that's not going to take you further towards the solution. Remember, every conflict has the seeds of resolution already within it. And because of the natural law of expansion, we can never really run away from a problem, can we? Because the problem is just going to follow us to the new place that we go to. And it might be a whole new cast of characters, but that problem is going to show up. Trust me. So lean in and learn from the lesson. So thanks for tuning in today. I want to challenge you to do something bold, something courageous in your next meeting. Bring up a new topic. Have a courageous conversation and be bold. And remember always that fear is just your greatness in disguise.